to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. It is November 8th, and this is The Economy Guy, coming your way from the beautiful south coast of France, right on the Mediterranean. Gorgeous sunny days, warm weather, good food, except we're in a lockdown, so the restaurants are closed. But other than that detail... There is good food to be had here. In fact, great food. So, with all that having been said, what am I going to talk about today? Well, I'm going to start a little bit about talking about inflation to you. Let's talk, get that straight. What's going on with inflation? Hey, the election is over now. Thank goodness. No matter what party you supported, it doesn't matter. We all want to make money. So let's all make money together. So, let's talk about inflation. It's something that to consider for the future and what's driving it. And certainly I have two items coming straight out of this election, which are inflationary. So let's talk about those. Uh, I'll talk about GDP a little bit, kind of a food for thought area. And I'll talk about the economy, what's going on there. And I will finish by a major effort to talk about what are the rules that all markets go by? I mean, these are human nature rules. They are things that you need to know and understand and keep in mind when you're making your financial decisions because timing is so, so important to that all. So with that, let me start with what's going on with inflation. Well, the election has caused for two sure things that are inflationary. First of all, Everyone wants to have a new stimulus bill to uh, prop up the economy that was massacred so badly during the virus. And without it, we will have a double dip recession. So we absolutely need this stimulus bill to keep the economy moving. And let's uh, hope that the uh, legislators are smart enough to get the bill to the people who will spend it and push the economy with that money and not waste it. Uh, so that's the first thing. It's coming for sure. Recovery. How much? One to three trillion dollars, probably around two trillion. Uh, it's a significant amount of money. Big, big bucks. And it will result in maybe the biggest uh, deficit spending in this current fiscal year, which is the 2021 fiscal year uh, ever, uh, because there'll be more deficit spending coming for sure. Okay, what's the second thing? Well, this one is a state only. In the state of Florida, the state passed a minimum wage bill that says that the minimum wage in the state of Florida will be $15 in the year 2025. It has a minimum now and it raises a dollar a year until it gets to $15 in 2025. So uh, that that is definitely inflationary if you're uh, someone who uh, hires people and has to pay them more money. Uh, and you have to balance your books, you have to pay for your things, you either raise your prices or you use fewer employees. Those are your two choices, maybe both. Uh, I suggest that 
in general across the entire economy. Both of those will be used, but it is it is an inflationary push. Prices are going up. What what else could be inflationary out there? Well, how about the fact that people are just staying home now and they're buying goods and they're having them shipped to their house. You know, US UPS, USPS and uh, uh, FedEx. Uh, all those companies are used by something like Amazon or Walmart or all the big companies are used doing that. And those because there's a, such a huge demand for shipping costs, the cost of shipping is going up. In fact, the shippers, the people who actually deliver the goods, are in control now. They have their that's the uh, the kind of the squeezing point of the economy for shipping. It's uh, there aren't enough shippers and trucks and things like that. So the price of shipping is going up. Well, that is inflationary on the price of everything because you will pay for it and I will pay for it. What else is going up? Housing prices are going up as people want to move out of the cities into the suburbs. They want to have a more comfortable place to work from home. Uh, that's that's a, causing a huge demand on price house prices. They are going up. The supply of houses is very short. In fact, the current today's supply of houses is equivalent to the supply of houses in 1999. So 20 years ago, that's uh, or a little more than that. So we don't have as many. And so supply down, demand up, prices go up. That's happening for sure. Building workers are in demand. Did you know that? The wages for building workers are going up because everybody wants to get work done. Hey, you buy a new house, you want to make it better. If you move out of a major city into your second home in the country, you want to improve it because you're working and living from there now. In fact, your kids are probably going to school there now rather than in the big city. All of that is happening, so builders are in demand. When there is a lockdown, I've noticed right here in the south of France that uh, a shop is closed. It does its a complete uh, redecoration at that point. Why do it when customers are there? So this is a lot better thing for them. So that is indeed all inflationary. Next, let's talk about GDP. And now let's get to GDP. This virus we have has really changed almost everything. What we buy, how we buy it, where we live, etc. How, how we talk to people, who do we meet with, where do we go, all of that's changed everything. And many of these things that have changed will be permanent, permanent changes. I mean, I talked before about people buying things and having it delivered to their home, even groceries. Very common now to have groceries or meals delivered to your home rather than going out, right? For safety reasons, excellent reason. Also for convenience. So your home is becoming a more important place with time. I believe that will become permanent working from home. Companies who are saving money by having workers work from home will make that permanent because they're not about to give up that savings. That's the way companies think. So what else is going on that's happening, which is a little bit under the radar? People are helping people. Some A man at home may help their neighbor with a redesign construction project, painting their house, putting in a new bathroom, something like that and vice versa. People will be helping each other. Well, there's no money changed there. There's no money exchanged. The house is improved, but no money is exchanged. Therefore, the GDP does not, does not, I may repeat, get increased. In fact, rather than using an outside 
contractor. It's being done by people at home. So GDP is actually being reduced. And I believe there'll be some quite a bit of permanence to that approach to GDP. Very interesting. Here's kind of an interesting tidbit. Put in your pipe and smoke this one. That Those people, and there's many millions of them that were unemployed or feel very jeopardized in their employment right now because robots may be coming in the door to replace them, and that's happening at an accelerating pace right now. Uh, that, did you know that 20 to 25 percent of those people are seriously considering a change in their career path? In other words, moving on to something totally different than what they're doing right now. Now, I consider that really good news because that's the flexibility of the American worker, and we absolutely need it. But So people are, are responding to the changes that are here. That's kind of a good news story, I believe. Next, I want to talk about what are markets like and how did this human being reaction and emotions play in them. I now have 10 rules I want to give you, are, which are market rules to remember. These are, what do I mean by market rules? I mean, how do mar markets work? And I mean stock markets, bond markets, currency markets commodity markets, you name it, fast-moving markets, even slow-moving markets. How about the housing market, which moves very slowly, like in days, weeks, months, where uh, stock markets are in the millisecond time frame. So how do markets work? And 10 things. I'm going to give you numbers. These are from Bob Farrell, one of the top economists who has worked for decades in the market. Uh, I highly respect his opinion and these rules especially. These are things that... Uh, He's gained and proven over the time, his lifetime. These are real, and I believe them personally. So, let's go down the list. I'll number them if you're taking notes. Number one, markets tend to return to their norm. What that means is markets go up and down around a kind of an average amount. But once they're higher than they should be, they come back down to where they should be. And if they're lower than they should be, they come back up to where they should be. The norm, the norm or the average amount. So they, they tend to fluctuate around a normal amount. That's what markets do in general. Two, excesses in one direction will lead to excesses in the other direction. So if a market's way too hot, too high, it will revert to being way too low and or vice versa. Okay, not that it, if it's way too high, if it's in excess, it does not come back to the norm. It goes right through the norm and goes the, the opposite direction. Interesting, huh? Rule number three. No, there are no new eras. Eras. How about new normal? Ever heard of new normal? There's no new eras. Okay, that means that excesses are never permanent. If you have an excess, it will never be permanent. It will correct sometime. Timing is difficult on this, but it will correct. There is no new normal. There's just going to be another market. Number four. Okay, exponential rising or falling markets, and that does happen, go further and farther than you think. That's a fact. They go further up or further down than you could possibly think they would or could do. And equally true here, they do not correct by going sideways. If you have an exponential market going up, it's not going to go sideways in order to correct and wait for, wait out the time period for it to be a good market. 
it's going to come way back down. Okay, that's it. How about number five? The public buys the most at the top of a market and the least at the bottom of a market. What does that tell you? It says, hey, you better watch what's being bought. Where are most of the purchases being made or where are the least amount of purchases being made? Because that helps you know whether you're at a top or a bottom. Another very good indicator of what's going on. Number six, fear and greed are stronger than long-term resolve. In other words, human nature, fear and greed, you're worried you're going to lose money, you really are greedy, you want to make a lot of money. That is a stronger motivation for buying and selling than long-term resolve, which is they're going to hold it forever because it's a great stock. No, that fear and greed is going to play a, a role on all the long-term holders of stock also. Interesting, right? I think so. How about number seven? Markets are strongest when they are broad and weakest when they are narrow. What does broad mean? Broad means there's a large number of stocks that are strong together at the same time, a large number. Everybody's uh, working together. And narrow means there's just a small number of stocks that are in causing things to go up. That's a weak market, not a strong market. Number eight. Bear markets have three stages. The first stage is a sharp down. That's at least 10% down, maybe a lot more than 10% down. Second stage, a reflexive rebound. In other words, it's gone down really fast. It's going to come back up, bounce back up like a boom. You know, it's like a, a rubber band that's been pulled. And the third stage, a drawn out fundamental downtrend afterwards. So fast down, fast up, and then a down, long-term downtrend. That's the way bear markets are, and it's almost all bear markets. So learn that and put it in your memory forever. Okay, what's the ninth rule? The ninth rule is when all experts and analysts agree on something, guess what? Something else is going to happen. Inevitable. Inevitable. When everybody thinks the market's going to go up, it probably goes down. Uh, you know, highly likely. People have made a lot of money have bet against the market or are betting where nobody else is, which is the same thing, just about. Okay, well, about the last rule, rule number 10. Bull markets are more fun than bear markets. Think about that for a while. Bull markets mean everybody's making money. The market's going up, everybody owns shares, it's all going up, lots of champagne, uh, corks are popped, everybody's happy. Bear markets, on the other hand, people are losing money. They didn't like it. They didn't see it coming. While a lot of money can be made in a bear market, uh, very few actually make that money. So, uh, And people are just darn angry during a bear market. Fun up, unhappy down. Let's move on now to what's going on in our markets today. Well, I've always said, you know, the markets are going sideways, and that's still true. That's still true. Let's take stock markets. They're going sideways. I mean, they go up and down and up and down and up and down. That's kind of sideways. And it's, to use one of these rules, they revert to the mean. That's what they're doing. That's what this all stock markets are doing. They're reverting back to the mean, up and down, a little over, a little under, a little over, a little under. That's what's happening. Uh, the only one that may not be that way, even currency markets, the dollar is uh, weak right now, but it hasn't fallen dramatically. So the dollar is still moving sideways in my mind. 
Gold, on the other hand, is uh, has been moving sideways in a very large range between 1950 and 1850, between that range. On Friday, it closed at 1950, exactly, at the very top of the range. And gold moves when a lot of money is printed. And this coming week, uh, the Congress is probably going to be working really hard on a stimulus package, another couple trillion dollars of money printing, because we don't have it. We don't have taxes that pay for this trillion. We're just going to print $2 trillion worth of cash and put it out there in the future. So that should push gold higher. So this coming week, gold may go higher, but I'm not going to predict that. Uh, it'll do what it's going to do, but it's certainly at that point. If it does break above, above 1950, it's broken out. It's no longer moving sideways. It's moving higher. And uh, so gold could be the exception to the rule right now. Uh, that's it for now, folks. Have another great week. Enjoy all the news that's out there or avoid it. Whatever makes you happier. And I'll be seeing you in a week. There'll be more markets coming along and more good information. So long now. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.